live. I'm doing it right now, going live in my group. And the Fox in the City colon the Foxhole, a fan group for Reagan Fox's podcast. Go live, just do it. I'm gonna start this off listening to some Poppy. Love Poppy. It's my favorite Poppy song. It's called Time Is Up, featuring Diplo, Diplo, whatever his name is for me. In the factory, in the sterile place where they made me, I woke up alone. Dizzy from the programming, have I been wiped again? Oh my god, I don't even know. It's a mystery, everyone around me so busy. Is this my home? Am I your prisoner? Or your deliverer? Oh my god, you don't even know. It's such an appropriate song, though, with everything that's going on. 
I was really into Poppy right before lockdown. I'm still into her, frankly. I think she's fascinating. Do a whole deep dive on the internet on Poppy because the entire story is just, uh, it has peaks, it has valleys, and it's drama, it's soapy. You'll like it. But that song that she does with the Diplo or Diplo, I think his name is Diplo. Let's look. Is Diplo genderless? Is Diplo a man, a woman? Diplo. Okay, Diplo is a man. Is he hot? Let's see. Um, uh, sure. Okay, okay. I can, I feel okay listening to Diplo's music. But I was really into this right before the pandemic, and the whole song is about how basically humans are going to be humbled because they're going to bring about their own downfall. And I'm in the video for Poppy's Time Is Up right now. I'm trapped in the video. I, it's like the purple rose of Cairo. Or that scene from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4 when Alice gets sucked into the movie screen and she becomes part of the movie. And I don't want to be in this movie. I don't want to be in it. I'm not happy about it. But right now I'm just riffing. I need to go to my notes. Go to the notes. I can't be like Trump. All of his caretakers, they get really upset when he goes off script. They always say, if he would have just stuck to the script. And so I'm going to take that advice. Hold on. I just want to look at this picture of Diplo with his shirt off. Because this is the one that I find sexy and hot. Yeah, I mean, I would... I, 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 I would let him do sex on me. I would. His face is not conventionally attractive. Look at how slow my computer is. It's just so slow. Okay, it's just not even worth the payoff. Not even to see a... Yeah, I'd let him do sex on me. I mean, he looks like he smells like patchouli. He's wearing this really funky statement necklace that looks like he stole it from the Countess Luann de Lesseps from the Real Housewives of New York. But look, I'm I'm desperate, so why not? Sure. I like his pants. I like his pants. Okay, so I'm I have really exciting news. So since I've switched my format and I'm doing live shows now, I needed to get a soundboard because it's just too much work to pull up. Sorry, I'm looking at this other picture now that caught my eye. It's like I have attention deficit disorder for dick. If I start talking about something and I see a guy with his shirt off, I I have to immediately go look at him. But the pictures are taking ADD with dick. Dick-related ADD. It's a special ADD. Like, there are lots of different types of OCD. Some people have sexuality-related OCD where they don't believe that... Or they fear that they're... Um, true, their authentic sexual desire is not consistent with who they're actually attractive with, attracted to. I have dick-related ADD. I have to look at the pictures of men with the shirt off. Okay, but you get my point. So where was I? What was I talking about? Oh, yeah, so I had to get a soundboard, long story short, because, uh, because I had to, okay? Or at least I don't do crystal meth in the bathroom all night long, bitch. Oh, oh! Brandy Glanville, how dare you? 
Close your legs to married men. Close, close, close your legs to married men. Oh, you heard me? Close your legs to married men. And see, this makes it so much easier because in my old way of doing the show, when I would, I, I would try to come up with a joke, and then how am I going to fit the 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 sound, the sound effect in, or the sound clip? And I'd, I'd have to every single time embed it into the post, and it just took forever. Okay, it was like the most complicated way to do the show. And now this is all at, it's all at my fingertips. And those two bitches that left, they better learn to sell pussy in Iceland because if I ever see them again, I'm going to cut their fucking throats. I mean, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. I love it. I love, so that comes from a movie. I forget the name of the movie, but I did a podcast many moons ago where I basically compared that woman to Beyonce before Coachella. Come here, you little black bitch. Like, your ass belongs to me. Like, this is Beyonce talking to her backup dancers, because I think that there was some kerfuffle. I love that word, kerfuffle. There was a kerfuffle backstage at Coachella, and she got really mad at her backup dancers. Come here, you little black bitch. Your ass belongs to me. I tell you what you can and can't do with it. Do you understand what I'm saying? I didn't say I was leaving. Shut up! Now all you whores sit down, I want to talk to you. Anybody thinking about leaving here is going to find my left foot square up their ass. Do you understand it? What? Shut up, you junkie whore! I'm talking to you. And those two bitches that left, they better learn to sell pussy in Iceland because if I ever see them again, I'm going to cut their fucking throats. <laughs> We are family. And that's what we're gonna stay. <laughs> I got important business out there today. And when I call you, I want you to come out there and shake your asses proper. You hear? <laughs> huh? Now get out there and make it look good. Ever care, take that fucking jacket off. <laughs> My favorite part of that clip is... I mean, selling pussy in Iceland is pretty good, but also like, now go out there and make it look good. <laughs> I love it. It sounds a little bit like, uh, like showgirls. So yeah, I'm very excited. This is the next evolution in Fox in the City. It makes me more likely to do shows in the future more frequently because I love clips. I love clips, 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 clips. Okay, uh, so let's see. I want to talk about um, um, I want to talk about anti-maskers again. God damn it! I had a whole clip, and now I can't. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah I remember what I wanted to say now? I've I've talked before about just how ridiculous I find anti-maskers, and I. Uh, and I don't mean anti-maskers like, I'm part of the femme bottom movement and we're against masculine gay guys. We're anti-straight acting. It's the new evolution in our post-gay world, which doesn't exist. But all these videos keep showing up. It's like a non-stop non stream of videos of people going into Home Depot and to Popeye's Chicken Palace and and they just will not refuse and they they have these these what do you call it like a certificate that they've created on microsoft word but like early microsoft word like from windows 99 
and they go, they go, well, I don't have to wear one because I have one of these. And it's not like they're doing anything important. It's like they're going to antique stores and shit. Like, no, stay home. You don't need that shit. There's this woman that I watch on Facebook because I'm very into Facebook Live more than regular TV right now. And her name is Shanae Wynese. I've heard her pronounce it two ways. Owenise uh, and Wynese. I don't know which one is. It's kind of like Teresa Judice from the Real Housewives of New Jersey who says it's both Giudice and Judice. I don't know. But she she travels all the time. And I'm beginning to believe that cor- coronavirus is not a real thing because she is still alive. She's, she is morbidly obese. And so she's in a big risk factor. And all of my friends from online when we watch her, we're like, how is she still standing? How is she still standing? She, she's been to Texas twice in three weeks. She's in Dallas right now. I don't understand. I love watching her. I hate watch her because I can't believe that she's doing this because I've been in lockdown now. Today's 151 days that I've been in, in lockdown and she can't sacrifice. She can't stay home. She's like- I don't care if I sacrifice the life of anybody else. I need it now. And what do you? What does she need? That was, by the way, that was Allison from Intervention, the Huffer. Remember her? It's like I'm walking on sunshine. <laughs> the one who would beat her head back and forth. It's like I'm walking on sunshine. Uh, let's see. Vince just said, "Not sure if you care, honeys, but the soundboard is much louder than your mic." Oh no. Well, this is just, this is my test pilot. I don't know how to make it softer. Volume A, I'll put this down. Hold on, Vince, tell me if this one's okay. It's like I'm walking on sunshine. (laughs) Hold on, I could probably do that again. It's like I'm walking on sunshine. Okay, that's probably good. That's probably good. Vince is my boyfriend. He's married, so we're not really boyfriends, but he he's the perfect man. He is the perfect man. He's very handsome. He's intelligent. He works for Apple. I mean, ha, it's like everything. Thank you, Vince. He said it's much better, much better. He's everything that I want in a man. He's everything that I want in a man. So, yeah, she's, she's sacrificing the lives of other people to do all of this unnecessary stuff, like to give you an idea she flies to Texas. Last night we were watching her on live and she went to a bar that was literally in a, uh, what do you call it? In a strip mall. And she walked in and she has to be the loudest person in the bar. She's very, um, she's just very, she's a very vivacious personality. She's like a lot of gay men that I know, frankly. I can't get on the shuttle for the West Hollywood shuttle that's for free because so many of the gay men are just so flamboyant and big. And I'm I'm that way when I'm on my show, but I don't like loud noises. It's part of my anxiety where I just go, ooh. So I just stopped doing the shuttle. So I, at any rate, that's neither here nor there. So she walks into this place and... It's like a hookah lounge slash bar that doesn't play music in a strip mall in a suburb of Dallas. Very important, pressing, pressing need to leave Chicago to go to this place. 
She walks in. She announces to everybody that she's there. And she says, I need, I need the VIP. We need VIP treatment. I'm like, there are, where's the VIP area? There were four other customers at the bar because we're in the middle of a pandemic. And she's demanding to get into the VIP area. I, ugh, I don't get it. I don't get it. She, she went into that bar, much like Rachel from my season of Big Brother reentered the house. I'm back, bitches! Mm -hmm. People were like, who are you? But she thinks that she's very famous. She tells everybody that she's one of the viral stars. She's one of the viral stars. She's viral. Not with Corona, but she's viral. Okay, so I've talked about this. I'm going to tick it off of, because when you get into your mid-40s, I'll show you how to have everything in notes where you're like, yeah, I talked about that. I talked about that. Uh, so I woke up this morning. I had a very odd dream last night. It was all about forbidden things. I, it was like I, I was Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden doing forbidden things with apples, okay? Because in my dream, I was in Houston, actually, which is where I was born and raised, and I was at a Chinese food restaurant, which would be so against my noom, because you know I'm nooming. I'm in that cult. Oh, hold on. I have I have a, a place where I can add. See, it's better if it's already um, queued up, right? But so hold on. Let me redo that. Let me redo that. I, now I have to find the clip. Now I have to find the clip. <laughs> okay, so I'm in the Noom cult. Oh, it's just a collective cooperative community service operation outreach program project. Okay, so don't expect me to be all like great with the soundboard in my first go. It's kind of like I'm driving a car for the first time and I don't I don't know um I don't know exactly what I'm doing. Don't put me in jail. Why am I in a ladies jail? I am a man. Say it. <laughs> My ass is hungry, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Love that so much. Okay, so I was doing forbidden things. I was eating Chinese food, which is way too many calories than I can eat. I was not wearing a mask. And I, I, in, the, in the dream logic, I was thinking, why am I not wearing a mask in a public place? Oh, I'm doing something wrong. I'm going to get sick. And then I woke up to a call from a 1-800 number, and I figured it was just a robocall. But it was American Express saying that somebody was fraudulently using my credit card in Omaha, Nebraska at a Lowe's Hardware. And they said, are you the one doing this? And I said, no, I'm gay. And they're like, what? I'm like, I'm gay. I'm gay. I, why, would I, uh, why would I do that? Why would I? I wouldn't be. I'm a gay person. I wouldn't be in Omaha. And I, why would I go to Lowe's? And the person was like, I don't know, maybe you're getting paint? I'm like, no, I wouldn't get their cheap paint from Lowe's. What are you, crazy? They have doo-doo paint at Lowe's. I get a special type of paint for my walls as a gay person. It's a Gucci Prada mix. It's very expensive. It is. It's very expensive. Learn it. It's very expensive. Love it. It's very expensive. It's very, very expensive. And then I hung up the phone. But actually, they were really great. They they have a thing where if they have to get you a replacement card, they're just on top of it. They're on top of it. 
and I, I appreciate a good top. And American Express is, they're very good tops. They're very good tops. They always practice safely. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm all for them. So yesterday I was on Facebook and I try not to get, I think I was talking in my last episode about how I'm so proud of people on the left for not being as easily baited as they once were. And I need some lotion for my hands. Sorry, I did that in the last show too, but I need some lotion. Because when Vince comes, I like to be, I like to be lubed up and ready to go, just in case. My hands, my nostrils, my, my anal glands. I need, I, like my dog, I need my anal glands. Uh... What do they call that when they express? I need to express my anal glands. Can somebody, can somebody express my anal glands? Anyone, anyone, please, please. Okay. Do you need a tampon, Jemay? You beat a fucking bitch. Oh, oh, why? Do you want to stick it in me? <laughs> that was from Jemay private school girl i think that, that chris lilly that comic i don't know if he's going to be able to get away with a lot of his comedy routines and frankly some of them i found you just can't do like i'm sorry he had like a lot of um yellow face characters where he was pretending to be asian and then black face characters where he's like actually in blackface and he just can't do that but then he also but then here so here's a philosophical question because one of my favorite characters that he does in um in in summer heights high is mr g who is this gay theater teacher and so is that gay face when he does that or is it just applicable to race i i i think that maybe gay face and black face and yellow face, they're derived from different histories. Like there's not that long um, history of people pretending to be gay, like in gay minstrelsy, right? But whatever. So um, as I was saying, I try not to get baited on Facebook. And so if I see somebody, especially if it's not even one of my friends, if it's like, one of their friends commenting on something they've said and I don't even know the person and what they've said is idiotic. I just breeze by it. It's not worth it. But my friend Megan, who I've known ever since I was a little girl, ever since I was a little girl, she's a friend of my sister, Tina. And she, Megan is like a sister to me. So Megan posted a meme, a picture that said, black lives still fucking matter. And I love that. And so one of her friends posted, this guy can't remember his name, but I, I would have no problem publicly shaming him in this form. He said, all, all, or, uh, yeah, he said, all lives still matter too. And so she responded and she, she was trying to explain how idiotic that point of view was. And then I jumped in, even though I shouldn't have, but I was like, Okay, okay. That's saying that is like calling 911 and saying, Help me, my house is on fire. And the 911 operator saying, Sorry, all houses matter. Or, or if you said, Oh my gosh, my child, my toddler was abused at this daycare center. 
and the person you were talking to were like, all children matter. Or if you said, oh my gosh, my father was just diagnosed with Alzheimer's. All dads matter. So then he responded and he was like, that doesn't even make sense. And I was like, of course it doesn't to you because you can't try to use logic on somebody who is not moved by reason. And so instead of like engaging with the points that we were making, he turned everything into straw figures, which is one of the things that I hate the most. He's like, so what you're saying is that all police officers are racist. And I'm like, no, nobody said that. <laughs> we're not saying that. There's a difference between what you just said and saying that the criminal justice system is systemically racist. For instance, black and white people smoke marijuana at relatively the same rates, but people of color are four times more likely to go to prison for small amount of marijuana possession. That's an example of systemic racism. Or uh, then he cited some statistic that said black people are more likely to engage in violent crime. And I'm like, okay, but what does that have to do with police officers disproportionately racially profiling people of color, using excessive force, and killing black people when they pose no serious threat? What does that have to do? It's like, okay, interesting bit of information, but that doesn't directly challenge anything that we've said. So I just thought that I would, um, I would bring that up because it, it just goes to show how other people on the other side of the aisle that I'm on are just living on a different planet. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't see how you could look at, let's say, the Trump administration and not see that being pro-Trump is like rooting for Darth Vader in Star Wars. Like the stuff that this guy is doing is just so, it's just so objectively awful. Like the latest thing with that DeJoy guy that he made, that postmaster, who has no experience in the mail system whatsoever other than receiving mail at his home, then fuck, I'm qualified to be the postmaster. I'm the postmaster bottom general, okay? And um, I would be embarrassed to take a position like Betsy DeVos. She has no experience in education. Like, I would be, I would be, I would feel like I was the laughing stock. I think you should be more concerned with your failing grades. But if I don't graduate by the time I'm 50, I'll be the laughing stock of Flatpoint High. I mean... It's absurd. It's just absurd. These people, they need to go. They they need to go. They need to go. And so what Trump is doing now is he's had the postal service. They, they've started collecting mailboxes and all over the nation. They've taken away sorting machines. They're sabotaging the U.S. Postal Service. And I was watching Rachel Maddow, who I really don't enjoy watching her because I feel like she injects herself into the story too much. It gets too op eddy for me. That's just not the news that I'm interested in. But evidently enough people, because the Postal Service is something that is valued. It's a service. People go, the post office loses money. Hello, honey. It's not, it's not a for-profit venture. 
It's a service that we get. It's one of the benefits of our tax system that we see every single day, the payoffs of it, right? When you when you get mail in a timely manner. So I just don't see how you could see somebody like Trump and not be like, okay, this is clearly Darth Vader. This is clearly Darth Vader. When he's removing people, I don't remember what the dark side is called other than the dark side or, or um, the, what the stormtroopers are called the Federation or whatever, their, their evil empire when he's removing people away from churches so he can do op-eds by holding the Bible upside down, right? He's holding the Bible upside down. I just, I, I don't get it. I'll tell you what my platform would be if I were running for president. You got 15 minutes to shove some pie down that hole of yours, then it's camper time. Drake, thanks for understanding. Pizza, pizza, pizza. It would be pizza, pizza, pizza. Pizza, pizza, pizza. Um, okay, so I can... Uh, something that I think is an interesting innovation because I don't want to be all about politics right now. It can't always all be about politics. Is, uh, so, the porn sites that I enjoy... Because I do, from a sociological perspective, I do enjoy watching porn for research to collect data. I really do actually want to do uh, research about what I call the straight-acting gay man paradox in porn, which is basically this desire that gay men have for heterosexuality, and they expect a degree of heterosexuality of their porn stars that not even heterosexual men possess, and they find ways to, uh, like part of the narrative narrative in gay porn is, how do I want to say this? It's like gay erasure. It's like, no, this person is really straight and they're being paid to go gay in this scene. And a lot of the scenes now start off with the, the camera person, the producer, the director saying, so tell me a little bit about yourself. And the gay porn actor is like, well, I'm just, you know, I'm a contractor and I'm down on my luck and I just need some money. And then the producer says, well, tell me, what type of girls do you like? Yeah, I like, uh, I like dark-skinned girls with big butts and nice breasts, not too large. What's your favorite position? I like a missionary position with these women and uh, also hitting it from behind, pulling their long hair. All of this stuff to underscore how straight they are before they screw a guy in the butt. Before they stick it straight into a guy's butthole. <laughs> right? It's like, for, now, okay, first... Prove to us how straight you are. I like really, you know, all types of blondes with big breasts. And uh, does that turn you on before I fuck this guy in the ass? <coughs> yes, it does. It does. So at any rate, I, I do think it's interesting how th- this is a, 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 like a convention of porn, right? And why why do we insist on on erasing ourselves and our own subjectivity I like it best when guys are really into one another. That, to me, is sexy. Like, whenever I see a straight guy in a porn, normally he's... Like, there's a whole thing now where the straight guy will be watching a a porn video, and he has, like, the trackpad, 
and he's watching straight porn, and so he's not even paying attention to the guy blowing him or sitting on him or whatever, and he's just like fast-forwarding through scenes in order to get to the best parts of the porn. He's completely removed from the situation. If his penis flops out, it's it's flaccid. It, that, to me, is just not sexy. It's not sexy. So maybe we can change that. Maybe we can call our congressperson and change that. I'm going to call Kamala Harris. She's not vice president yet. Knock on wood. Hopefully she will be. And I'm going to say, I know I have a lot to talk about. We need to talk about the Postal Service. And we need to talk about more excitement, more joy felt by gay porn actors and gay pornography. So what they're having to do now because of COVID and lockdown because you can't socially distance when you're getting a blowjob, even though I think they said that glory holes would be okay. So glory hole pornography will probably be a booming. If you're, if you're into the stock market, buy stock in glory hole pornography. Do it. That's where the money is. And, um, but what they're doing now, because all of there's so much uh, there, there's not a whole lot they can do so they're bringing back old porn scenes and they're doing remember like pop-up video from vh1 where they would show a video and then it would be like bloop, 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 bloop. Uh, peter gabriel was 27 when he made the song and he dated the second model that you see in the video they're doing that with pornography which i think is really funny as if people or, oh, I, I enjoy porn where I can read. Like, oh, I'm about to come. Oh, hold on. There's another pop-up bubble. Oh, interesting. Producers had to color correct anal leakage from Dax's scenes. Oh. Oh, gosh. Now I was about to come, and now I lost it. Isn't that the worst thing ever? When you just want to kind of get off and go and be go about your business? And you're like, okay, it's coming. Oh, no. Now I lost it. Now I have to build it all up again. The excitement. Get lost in the fantasy. Oh, here's another pop-up bottle. Bloop, 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 bloop. Bradley 3 got a pubic hair caught in the back of his throat while blowing in this scene. Because, you know, if, if it's a common name, then they get, like, numbers attached to it. Like Bradley 2, Bradley 6, and Aspen Fuckfest. It's my favorite movie, Aspen Fuckfest, starring Aspen, Bradley 3, John 2. Okay, um, so another thing that I wanted to talk about, because everything, there are no transitions when you have a bullet list, bullet points that you're going off on, is I had this realization when I was at Gelson's the other day, I I thought to myself, Does a pimp carry a razor? I don't know. Trust me, they all do. <laughs> no, I had a thought where I thought, You know, I cried when I had no shoes until I met a man who had no feet. And then I laughed really hard and then i laughed really hard i love that character no i i'm always very kind to the people at my galsons unless i encounter somebody who works there who's rude which has happened once or twice and 
that I always make a, a point, especially during the pandemic, of saying thank you so much for your service because it is service now. It's not just work to be in the front lines dealing with people all day. You're at an increased likelihood that you can get sick. And uh, that's not lost on me. And so I, I do go out of my way to say please and thank you. And so I was in the car driving back home and I made this connection. I went, my default is not kindness. And I, uh, my, de- and I'm sorry to get a little Oprah right now. My, my default is not kindness when I'm out in the world, if somebody wants to ask me a question or, or interrupt whatever I'm doing, I'm always, I always act very put out like, you know, that the gay sigh. What? I have my headphones in, you know, always acting annoyed. And part of that has to do with the fact that when I was growing up, I dealt with so much anti-gay bullying and and so much homophobia in Texas that I learned to just have a tough veneer where I was like, I want people to know that I'm not the one to fuck with. I didn't want to give anybody eye contact because I felt like, oh, if I give somebody eye contact, that's just inviting whatever negative repercussions may come along with that. Like, why are you staring at me, faggot? You know, or, or, or whatever, right? And so... I I created this armor when I'm in the world and my default is not kindness. And that has so many implications beyond just not being kind in moments when I should be kind. I need to pretend like the world is Gelson's. Okay. The entire world is Gelson's and I'm just, my default is kindness. And I think that would make me more approachable to people because I don't know that I'm always the most approachable person. And I am getting to the age at 44. I know I'm always saying my age. It's, by the way, so does Shanae Owenise Cross. She always said, she just turned 37. She goes, I'm 37, I'm 37, I'm 37. And so I'm, I'm 44. I'm 44, I'm 44, I'm 44. And I would like love in my life. And probably one of the reasons why I don't have as many opportunities as I would like is because of that defense mechanism. I'm getting a little deep right now, but I just, I just, I need to be honest. For once, I need to be honest. I'm not going to lie anymore. I'm not going to use this strategy, okay? I'm dealing with this the same way I dealt with my own alcoholism and drug addiction, with lies and delusion. No, I'm going I'm going to be honest. And and that's that's my truth right now. And then another thing that I realized, this has been a very I've had a lot of epiphanies during lockdown. I don't know about you, but I have had a lot of epiphanies. And another epiphany that I had is I've never considered myself to be a spiritual person. It's just not really uh, part of who I am. I'm not adopted and I'm not an Indian. It's just a coincidence that I have a love of gambling and booze and a knack for catching syphilis. I mean, other than Strangers with Candy, Strangers with Candy is kind of like a spirituality. I remember, I think Madge used to tell me, "You you can use a Strangers with Candy quote to make sense of anything. 
And I thought that's kind of like what people do with the Bible, right? They take something and a quote from the Bible and they say, okay, this is how it applies to my life. So the strangers candy is my Bible. But I, I realized that I do have a spirituality. And this is why I think it's significant because you know when people say something bad happens to a friend on Facebook and a lot of people say, okay, I'm going to pray for you. I have never felt comfortable saying that because I am so turned off by world religions uh, and especially Christianity because it's part of, it, it's so um, ingrained in U.S. culture, right? And, and has such a history of being anti-gay. And so I've never felt comfortable saying I pray, but I do, I do pray. I don't pray to, let's say, uh, like a Christian God per se, but a lot of times I pray to what I call my angels. And I did this Facebook entry just this last week about it. And so my angels are people who I actually knew in life who passed away. So like my father would be an example of one of my angels. And there are times when times get tough where I do talk to my father and I, I seek his counsel. I don't expect to hear voices in return or anything, but it's just helpful. I think for the same reason that people praying to whatever religion they believe is helpful to them. My friend Gabrielle, who I knew through Poetry Slam, Gabrielle Bouillon, right before I did Big Brother, I, I she lost her life um, as a result of cancer um, pretty soon before I did Big Brother, and she was very into videography. She was the official videographer of the National Poetry Slam. So I was possibly going to go into the Big Brother house, which is all about having your life recorded. And so I remember praying to her a lot before that, like, is this the right decision or help me out? Be looking out for me. And then um, a third angel of mine is I had a friend growing up named Jennifer Bean, and um, I'm still friends with her little sister, Amanda. And their mother was named Bobby, and Bobby also passed away from cancer. She had really bad cancer. She had brain cancer at one point. And Bobby was always so sweet to me. And not all parents in Texas when I was growing up were kind to me because I was so obviously gay. In fact, I remember Kurt Hamilton's parents didn't want him hanging out with me because they heard rumors that I was gay long before I ever did anything gay, right? But I, I was so, my soul was saturated with gayness. Why am I in a ladies' jail? I am a man. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> my ass is hungry, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love that clip so much. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Bobby used to call me her third daughter. We were very close, and she's one of my, she's one of my angels, and that's just my version of pray whore, pray whore. I do pray, I pray, and that was a big breakthrough moment for me, where I was like, oh, I can say to somebody, like, I'm praying for you, and that's what praying means to me. I And, and I think it's a lot more poetic and beautiful to be touched by and to speak to people who you actually knew in life rather than some invisible, sometimes malevolent figurehead that you have to just blindly follow who you don't know what exists. But that's just my, that's my truth. It's my truth. So the last thing I want to talk about today is whether or not I need a new Mac. So here's my problem, and maybe y'all can help me decide. 
So I really would like to have a new Mac because mine is, I'll show you. I want to make sure that I get this exactly right about this Mac. I have a Mac that's running on Catalina. It is the Mac from late 2013, okay, late 2013. And so it just runs slow, and I, I don't want it to run slow. And, and by the way, because it's 2013, the next version of the, the Big Sur, the OS X, I'm not going to be able to run on this Mac. I have it on my MacBook Pro right now, and frankly, I really enjoy it. I like it, but I'm not going to be able to use it on this Mac. And so my Mac is becoming obsolete. And, and my problem is that for all other things that I use it for, like for everything else except doing live podcast, it works pretty great. And in fact, it's working fine today with the soundboard. The issue is if I get a new one now that they haven't changed the chassis. Is that how you say it? Chasis? Chassis? I think it's chassis. And so I know that when they get the new chassis, which is probably like in just a year with the AR ARM chip or whatever it's called, I know I'm going to want to want, I know I'm going to want to want that one. So I don't know what to do. I feel like this, I know what the answer is. I need I need to have my uterus scraped. Oh, I gotta leave early today. <laughs> I'm having my uterus scraped. Oh, I, uh, I brought a note. I know, I read the note. We all read the note. We all read the note. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I know what the answer is. I mean, my impulse is to be like, oh, just get, get the new one. Get the new one, and then if you want the new one after that, then get the new one after that. But I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. Okay, uh, so today I really just wanted to kind of play around with my soundboard, my brand new soundboard. I'm going to come up with new clips because some of these clips are very old and mildewy. Very, very old and mildewy. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm flying blind with this soundboard. What's it like being blind? Is it like having your eyes closed or is it like being in a dark room and not being able to find the light switch? Yeah, it's hard to explain to someone who can see. Oh. What's your favorite color? Jerry, can we just change the subject? Absolutely. Do you close your eyes when you sleep? Please, Jerry. <laughs> Please, Jerry. Okay, so um, on my way out, I do want to play the song from, okay, it's from Taylor Swift. But before you stop, before you stop the show, hear me out, okay? I understand, like, Taylor Swift's popular music is very eye-roll-inducing. Like, shake it off, shake it off. I get it. It's not good. It's not good. But this album, Folklore, is so great. It's produced and co-written by Jack Antonoff, who co-produced and co-wrote Lana Del Rey's last album. And he is a fecking genius. In fact, you know what? I was going to do a little bit from um, from 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 Taylor Swift, but I'm not going to do that. I can do that in the next show that I do. Instead, I'm going to play what is my favorite song from the Lana Del Rey album that is written by Jack Antonoff. It's so good. It's one of the most beautifully written songs I've ever, ever, ever heard. I just have to find it now. Here, Norman fucking Rockwell, who, by the way, I'm going to show you this guy on it he's so um 
what's his name? He's Jack Nicholson's grandson. Jack, and he's not attractive, but there's something about him because he's not conventionally attractive that is actually really attractive. You know, it's like that paradox. It's a paradox. He's not Jack Nicholson's grandson. What is his name? Duke Nicholson. Duke Nicholson. I want to show the people who are in the live right now. <laughs> you may not think he's cute, but I think he's very cute. Okay, like here's a picture of him. Of course, it's taking forever. Do you see what? Like there's something that's a little early man about him. His nose is odd. He's so much stuff that's not working for him, but I do find him super attractive. I do. So Duke Nicholson, if you're into, here's another picture where I think he looks really hot in this black and white picture. If you're into middle age sissy bottoms, I'm, I'm your guy. I'm your dude. So this is uh, the name of the song that I'm going to play for my outro is called How to Disappear. And I hope you love it as much as I do because it's fantastic. And if you don't like it, then clearly your ovaries are diseased. Take the trail to heaven. And don't worry, I, I can't get pregnant. My ovaries are diseased. Oh yeah.